0: Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the
1: Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild.
2: on mountain,
3: I
4: I
1: Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez podcasting from home again we have Aaron Keller here per usual and then we also it's kind of a full house today on our little zoom chat we have big game biologists Cody McKee Cody Schroeder CJ you're a biologist now too right
3: I do the landowner compensation counts uh gotcha. yeah so.
1: he's made his way around endo and that's CJ aka yeah. oh, Norm Ellingwood And then we also have Zach Campbell. Both of them are also self-proclaimed procrastinators. So thank you everyone for joining us today. So we're talking about, because right now we're headed into the last, it's like the last week at this point, or it may even be farther along by the time you hear this, um, of the big game application period. So we thought you guys could come on and every year we talk about last minute big game applications so let's start off with asking which of you have applied already
3: I, I have I've gotten most of my applications in um, I've got a few more to button up they were mainly party applications and I'm waiting on the other people to finish solidifying the choices they really want in what order but uh, yeah I spent the first couple weeks going over you know nevada's top 10 game resources looking at really heavy into the sheep stuff the bonus point data and got my sheep applications in um, i'm ineligible for bull now but my cow applications in. i threw a depredation bull in um so yeah yeah no i got most of them in just just a couple left
1: nice so you're doing pretty good better than zap
3: yeah. oh wait, yeah wait on, uh, I'm actually waiting on you to figure
0: out what you want to do with your party. Yeah. I'm waiting on Bobby. So uh, see, I'm waiting on somebody else. I'm, yes. I'm a procrastinator. I procrastinated last year. I got pretty much my ideas uh, solidified for uh, mule deer, but this year I'm switching to archery. So it's another, uh, another learning curve and uh, a lot more, um, um, a lot more that I have to learn so that I know what choices I actually want to Pick. I'm really leaning on Norm pretty heavily and another uh, endow, uh employee that we're going to go on a party hunt. So, um, yeah, it's trying to make sure I make the right choices and I am a procrastinator. So,
1: it's just what you do. It's me. It's- There's no, is there any like reason that you do it? Like, do you have any theories that it's going to help or do you, it, it's just who you are?
0: Um, I don't think I was uh, raised properly by my parents. <laughs> 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 no um i it's for me this is my third year hunting in nevada and and we talked last year that you know it's a lot to learn you know and and it's a ton of really good resources uh to help people um learn and be confident in the different areas and units that they're gonna uh choose so for me um i'm just trying to make the right choice getting as much research as i can learning from um resources that Indow offers and then a lot of my my friends and fellow hunters.
1: So why don't we get into the top 10 resources a little bit since you've mentioned it. Cody, one of the Cody's you want to take this?
2: Actually so Cody, one of you Cody's, which one do you think you get the most questions about on the top 10 resources? Like I know we get a lot of people that that mention like the checkout sheets for sheep um, and then some of our our bonus point data is pretty heavily visited, I know, on our website. Um, But as far as like a hunter that is asking questions, like real pointed questions, which one do you think is maybe the best one to steer people towards?
5: I mean, I'd say it's uh, usually bonus point data. That seems to be the big one. If it's not sheep check-in, I mean, we provide a lot of resources for hunters, but it seems to be those two that, those two, Summaries are the ones that tend to drive the bus the most for a lot of hunters. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about procrastination, and I mean, what does it really mean when we're applying? Because there's actually a lot of resources and information that's being released by the department throughout the application period. I and mean, we just wrapped up the big game status report last week, which is now posted on the website. Uh, If hunters are unaware, our recommended quotas are actually up on the website as well. And so, um, you know, maybe some people wanted to wait until that information came available. And the great thing about the new licensing system is at any point in time, up until the application deadline, someone can go onto the website and change the choices on their application based on the new information that's getting released.
1: That's. I was going to point that out too. That that's something I think some people forget about. That you could actually edit your choices up until the deadline. So. Yeah.
2: So yeah. is there? Um, oh, go ahead.
4: I guess I would just add on the top ten another one that we get a lot of calls about, and it's really really valuable. I I believe is our hunt statistics page. Now uh, we have it broken down. You can look, you can go back, you know, several years. Um, you can break it down by species or probably the easiest is just to download the whole thing in Excel. Now you can just click on the on there, open it up in Excel if you have access to that. And then you can do a lot of filtering and sorting and, and things like that to get to the, to the data you want to look
1: at. Gotcha. So people have a few more I guess it's like five, by the time this podcast is released, it will be like five more days. So definitely take advantage, head to endow.org. If you hit hunt, there's a resources page to click on where you could view all of these resources. And like you guys have said, we've been trying to push it out there, um, but some people still aren't aware. So be sure to check those out. And yeah. And then CJ, you've been working the... um, Working the phone lines, the customer service line. Have there been a lot of um, frequent questions that we've had?
3: Yeah, I'd say uh, a couple of common ones are, you know, and it's actually shocking how many people don't know that those circling back to the top ten resources are there. And so a really common question is, you know, I have points. Where where should I put in with this many points, or what are, what are my odds? And I actually will usually direct them how to get to that top 10 resource page and how it works. And um, a lot of people when they get on there or or they're like, I didn't even know you guys had that. That's awesome. So they get on and they can see like, if you have sheet points, Hey, this is how many points these people drew with. You can go look at the area, look at age class, getting harvested, the size of the rams getting harvested. One that might be good for one of the Cody's to touch on, or I can, uh, that's come up a lot this year was the change in the elk, uh, the elk applications that we had with, only being able to have one elk tag in your pocket opposed to it used to be you could have one elk tag of either sex so that's also confused some people on well if i have a party tag in cow but i'm also applying for a bull is that going to screw the party over if i pull a bull tag um so stuff like that or cody's on your guys's um big game tag seminar, you guys have always done a great job of explaining the randomness of the draw. A lot of people want to know, is spike going to get drawn first? So can I put in for spike or can I put in for my main bull tag? And then if I don't draw that, is spike going to get drawn next? And if spike gets drawn next, uh, I can still put in for both or is it completely random and having to explain to people that the draw is completely random and there is no set order to how you pull your tags is a really common question as well
1: a lot of bonus points and group uh, hunt questions. Do either of you guys want to expand on any of those?
5: Yeah um, I think CJ did a pretty good job covering it. Um, We decided to reduce or to change eligibility so that hunters can only receive one elk tag and the reason that we did that is quotas have been Um, slowly going down the last few years as we've been able to get ahead of our elk populations and get them to management objectives. And we felt that in order to give the most hunters uh, or provide the most opportunity to hunters and the ability to get an individual hunter in the field that um, we should be only allowing them one elk tag. Last year we had over 200 hunters that had both a cow and a bull tag. Uh, So by changing that eligibility this year, we're gonna be getting probably a few hundred people, few more hundred, a few hundred more people out in the field to chase elk, which to us it's really important because we know that's a very limited opportunity in the state.
1: And then we did go over some of the major changes and we had you guys in, this was before we were podcasting from home, probably a few weeks before uh, both of the Cody's came in for a podcast and we talked about some of the major changes. So definitely go back Listen to that podcast. Can't help plugging it, and then um, come back and listen to this one. Because
2: well, that- I think another thing that this that the elk does is it uh, it aligns with the other species, right? So oh, yeah. so this is the same for doe and buck. Um, you know, if you draw, if you put in for both and you draw your doe tag first, you know you're gonna it'll bump your buck application out um and that goes for parties as well so if you're a party deer and your doe comes up first and you're in a party i mean there's there's all sorts of little implications to our draw that i think people need to be aware of
1: exactly
2: yeah
5: and you know they made we made the changes to pronghorn and deer eligibility last year where you could apply for both sexes but only draw one tag for whatever reason um and i think it's because elk is just such a um attractive and uh and unique opportunity in nevada by making that eligibility change this year really put the draw order um in the spotlight for a lot of hunters and and i do think that um that's something that'll probably be evaluated down the road but what i would recommend to a lot of our hunters is if you have bull points and you are very invested in drawing a bull tag this year, and you're concerned that a cow uh, application might kick you out of the draw because you successfully got that cow tag, just buy a bonus point for cows, um, and next year it may put you in a better position to get a cow, especially if you get a bull tag this year.
1: Very good information for people to have.
3: That's a great point, great point Cody had there, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it used to be years ago before you could even have to apply for both uh, different sexes of elk, you had, you had to pick and you couldn't even do this point building strategy uh, while also putting in. So now the department's allowed you to apply for bull elk, but also build points for cow elk, which in my opinion, just sets you up better for the future down the road. Or if you've got a few cow elk points and you're not going to have time that year to go bull elk hunting well now you you can build your bull point still and go cow elk hunting maybe because you built up some points so i think it's a really good way to strategize and set yourself up for future years
1: another question i have is going back to what cj was saying um about bonus points or i mean sorry if you're in a group hunt will if someone draws an elk how do i explain this does it screw over sorry. the entire group
3: My understanding and was set, if if you're put in for bull and then you're in party cow, if you pull your bull tag, you are invalid on pulling that cow tag at that point. But your party will not be thrown out. And correct me if I'm incorrect on that, but that is how it was explained. So your party can still pull the cow tags. Essentially, you will not get the cow tag though, because you're out. You have a bull tag.
1: Gotcha. Honestly,
4: I I think I think. CJ is correct. That's my understanding of it as well.
1: What are some of the other major things? So Cody Schroeder, you have your, you already applied. You said,
4: uh, yeah, for mo- for the most part. Is uh, that
1: how you usually do it?
4: Well, and so in the new system, what I really like to do because if you procrastinate, <laughs> and you're going to put in for a lot of stuff, it is it's kind of a lot of pressure to go over all the different species. So I like to get the ones I'm pretty sure about in early. As we discussed, you can always make changes um, at the end or if you're waiting on your party members, if you're a cow, you know, party hunter or whatever. Um, I like to get mine in and just make my best guesses and then mull over them. And um, as we touched on it before, we have put our quota recommendations out there. Um, Now, granted, those are dependent on the commission's approval of them, but this year they will actually approve them before the draw, before the end of the application period, so that could significantly change some of your draw odds. So I've got all mine in, just kind of sitting there waiting, and you know, depending on how that shakes out, I may move some around, or depending on how some of my party members, you know, decide what they're going to do.
1: Good thinking. Uh,
4: to go. Yeah, that's yeah. a
2: that's also um, another question that we got is is actually converting. So if you put a bonus point only application in. To get, to actually convert that to a regular application and put in choices, you have to withdraw your application and forfeit that application. Yes. And then, re, and then reapply. So, But if, you, if you're thinking about it, just put down some choices. And then you can always come back in and change those choices. Or in the end, you can convert it to a bonus point. And then you're not out anything, and you, the stress of doing it is not there but going from bonus point to application you cannot do.
1: Yes, that Sometimes. is a common question we've had on Facebook and people wonder what they do to change it. And you do have to withdraw your application yeah. altogether, but.
0: Going back to uh, what Cody Schroeder said is, you know, there are, if you're planning on hunting most of the species there, you know, my application isn't done, but I've already put in for uh, mountain goat. You know, there's limited units. You can get that one out of the way. Um, and then like Rocky Mountain, uh, bighorn sheep, already got that uh, already completed with the application but then when some you know some of the tougher decisions where there's multiple units and a lot of different choices that's where that's where I have procrastinated. so you can get some of those out of the way because they're there are limited 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 choices anyway uh, for where you can put in you can make those decisions a little easier
1: good information so that actually does it I was losing track of time um, that actually does it for the first little bit of this podcast but we're going to keep going longer on this one so you'll definitely want to come back and listen uh you're listening to Nevada
3: Wild
1: you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, we're talking to a bunch of big game tag application procrastinators, except for a few of you. Um, and we're talking, we're nearing the end of our big game application period, so we were just talking about some things people should be aware of as they apply. And right before the break, we were talking about bonus points, and Cody, you were mentioning you had a little more Cody McKee that you wanted to say about that. So could you talk on yeah, that? Yeah, I
5: mean, it, the the opportunity to buy bonus points here is awesome. Um, you know, in years where you're time strapped, you have something happening in the fall where you know, you think you're probably not going to be able to hunt. And uh, so you go and you buy a bonus point and that kind of buys you time for next year and gives you a little bit of a better chance the following uh, application period. And I, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of doing that. Uh, I get a lot of phone calls from non-resident friends, uh, friends in the state that, as is they're going through their application strategy. That's what they want to do just so that they have their name in the hat this year. Um, And, you know, to be honest, you can do it, but what I what I typically try to recommend to those folks is find the one hunt that we offer within those individual species classes that you would give up just about anything on your schedule to drop to come and do. Uh, maybe that's a Muddy Mountain Bighorn Sheep Ram uh, hunt or uh, Ely bull hunt and put that hunt on your application. I mean what do you have to lose because of the way our draw works, everybody has a chance, if they have their name in the hat. And uh, by not actually entering our draw and just converting uh, your application to a bonus point only application, you're kind of limiting your lifetime chances of getting a tag here. Um, every year you put your name in the hat is, uh, is is increasing your odds that eventually you'll get that tag.
1: Very good information for people. Um. And then Keller, jump in here. You had something you were talking about during the break.
2: Yeah, that was kind of, I mean, what I was trying to fumble through before the break as well was rather than just put in for a bonus point only application would be to put some choices down. I mean, what's, you can always change those choices or you can always kind of move them around if you need to. But, you know, you don't have your name in there. You, uh, you can't draw them. So yep. every day or every draw year that goes by that you don't apply, um, I mean, you're definitely not going to draw if you have a bonus point on the app, right? Yeah, I
5: mean, you could be a non-resident hunter that's been buying bonus points for 10 years in a row, having never applied in the state, and then for whatever reason, you decide you're going to start applying. And who knows how much longer it might take after that for you to get a tag when you could have been just putting... An application in the draw every year those 10 years that you were uh, just a bonus point only applicant.
1: Very true. I think for some people it's like it's easy just to put a bonus point only application in but if you're not taking the chance you're not going to end up with the tag. So Um, and then CJ a question you were getting a lot Uh, we were talking about it before the break. You have been answering phones. I've been helping a bit here and there too, but it sounds like you've been answering a lot of those customer questions and you had a question or you had received a lot of questions about the five choices and how the draw system or how our system treats those. Could you expand on um, kind of what people, the wrong impression people have of it and then correct it?
3: Right. So I've heard I've heard all sorts of things about the five choices, um, people's interpretations of how that works or how the bonus points work. And um, just realistically, like we talked about, there's no order to the draw. The bonus points are, are – the draw is completely random. Your bonus points are squared plus one. That gives you that many chances at a low number that is then assigned to that application, and then the, when the draw goes, it starts at the lowest number, um, basically the system will start at the lowest number, whatever number got that, whatever application got that low number is awarded that tag. And so then it works up from there. And if it gets to your application and you're out and it looks at you and your application number, you know, 300, and it looks and the people in front of you wanted your first choice, there's only a couple tags. Well, then you have a second choice. So it looks at your application goes, okay, there's nothing for the first choice. There's no tags left. He's not awarded that. There's nothing in a second choice, maybe no tags there. Oh, but he has this area as his third choice. We have tags left. We're going to award him that tag, him or her that tag. Um, and people don't seem to understand that it, it, it looks at it all the way down. And then also another issue, or not an issue, but just something to think about is when you're applying and you're using those five choices, it's also – either put your first choice or your harder to draw areas up at the front of that application in that first and second swing for the fence type area. Like Cody McKee saying is like, if you're going to buy a bonus point, you might as well put in, there's some great hunts we offer. Some of those hunts probably should go at the front of your application. Um, for instance, he said a muddy sheep tag, uh, we, you get five choices, put the muddies in on the first, um, what we're, what I'm seeing is what people are doing though is they're putting like really easy to draw units first, second, third, and then they're throwing these swing for the fence once in a lifetime hunts on their fourth and fifth choices and statistically speaking, if your number isn't low enough to draw an easy to draw unit, it's not going to be low enough to pull a premier once in a lifetime tag. Um, so anyone feel free to add in on, on anything if I muddied up something. But, you know, I I saw that with elk applications, people were putting easier to draw, say, you know, elk hunts as their first and second choice. And then they were putting like 16 early rifle rut hunt as their third and fourth choice. And either the computer's never even going to get to look at that choice because you're going to pull the easy to draw one first, or you're gonna basically fault yourself out of that choice because if you're easy to draw, you know Elko County elk hunt is your first choice, and you don't pull that, you're not gonna pull that that premier rut rifle tag as your third or fourth choice. Just not that. That's if there's no tags left here on this on this big pile, there's not gonna be any left on the small pile with six or eight premier tags that everyone is putting in for as their first or second choices.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a bunch in the past is, uh, and I think you did a pretty, it's, it is a little confusing. I think you did a pretty good job of kind of explaining it. Um, and Schroeder and McKee and I have had conversations about this. There's, there's um, applicants that'll put down choices in their second through fifth choice. And when you look back at the the resources that we offer, there's, those tags they're put down choices in their second through fifth choice that we know don't go past the first choice
3: yeah exactly
2: so then they're 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 kind of a wasted choice for that person yeah you put them in the second through fifth choice
3: yeah you're kind of you're kind of just Then that's how i've looked at it is you're kind of if you really want to hunt somewhere and it's and it's an easier to draw unit. There's nothing wrong with that. You put that as your first choice. If that's where you want to go hunting, then by all means go hunting there and put in for that. But if you're just looking at it and you're throwing together this application, at least put it in the order where your choices will have the option to get looked at in that
2: order.
0: Yeah, for sure. One, one thing I'd like to point out, uh, actually brought up that uh, CJ has been on the phones. You've been on the phones. I've been on a limited this year, but, um, that's a resource that we have and that we're offering you know we're we're here to help so um, we have phones available from 7 a.m to 7 p.m uh seven uh, days a week so we're here to answer some of these questions like this podcast is a tool to help the public uh accomplish filling out their uh, um filling out for their big game hunt get picking their tags picking their units just more information and another resource but we're here. Take advantage of, of us. Take advantage of that resource that we are all uh, manning the phones from here um, all the way to the end of the to the deadline. So we're here to help. Give us a call if you have any, any questions.
1: Yeah, seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. because sometimes people, they don't call on weekends. And... They don't realize we are here helping if you do run into an issue so keep that in mind um seven days a week and the number is 855-542-6369 so um definitely i mean use you call us if you have any questions while running into any issues you have while applying but back to are there anything any Cody Schroeder, have you had any questions from any, because I'm sure you guys as biologists, people have to call you guys up all the time asking questions when it comes to applying for TAGs or where to apply. Have you had any frequently asked questions?
4: Um, I mean, I would say probably the, the one that I get the most, by the time it gets to me, it's usually where
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> where should I put in for, you know, and, and that. That spans from where can I put in just to draw a tag? I don't really care. I mean, within reason where I go, because I want to maximize my chances of getting tagged. Or some people really want to know, you know, where's the best area to go hunting, have the best experience. Maybe that's a higher buck to doe ratio or a certain type of habitat or elevation type of thing they're looking for. They're looking for a certain type of hunt, hunt experience, like a backpack type hunt versus something that has more road access. So that's probably the most common thing I get. Um, We do offer our hunter information sheets online. That's again, part of our top 10 and that, that actually has quite a bit of good information there, but you can always call us and put us through. Um, I usually tell people, you know, I I try to get a fill form for what their interests are. You know, if they're stacked up on bonus points, uh, as as Aaron mentioned earlier, they've been saving them or they've been trying to put in, and they're really picky but I'm going to kind of narrow it down to I'm going to really look at you know the number of tags probably fewer tags usually because people want to uh, experience without a lot of other people um, a season that is amenable to seeing you know a lot of deer or, or maybe deer in the rut or something like that late maybe a later type season or if it's somebody that's new they're new to the state and they just want to go hunting I usually point people to the the bigger herds. For deer, that would be um, area six, area seven, and area 10. Oh. Far and away are easiest places to draw, and I don't think anybody would be disappointed with any of those tags if they drew one. Um, tremendous resource there. You will encounter people <laughs> almost surely, Hunt, uh, maybe quite a few people, but there's always places to get away from the crowd if you're willing, if you're willing to do a little bit of hiking and pre scouting is key to that too. Find a nice little area that that you know not a lot of people are going to be there. So those are the kind of things that I get usually, uh, the questions that I get.
1: And that's why it really is important to be doing your homework before applying. So when we keep throwing these top ten resources out there, we're not saying it for no reason. It's because these guys put a lot of work into it, and we're trying to make that available to help people because there's a lot to it. So. That is gonna do it for this half of the show. Um, And again, if you're listening on the radio, this is week one, there's gonna be a week two. So um, we, be sure to stay tuned for that. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, we'll be right back after this quick break.